Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. It's called a ceasefire, but that doesn't mean firing has ceased. After close to two months of fighting between Israel and Hamas, there is a little peace, a truce allowing imprisoned hostages to go free. A touching story on Sunday. Little four-year-old Abigail Eden, the first American to be released, too young to know what happened. Too confused to understand her parents died the first day of the invasion as she was kidnapped. What a world this little girl must now face with only an aunt, uncle, and grandparents. Just two weeks ago, a truce seemed impossible, but now there is a little hint of hope in what has been a terrible war. The longer wars go, the easier it is to ignore. The Bible teaches we are all orphans apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In Him, adoption is complete. Pray for the innocent this Christmas season. Pray for peace and that this war will end soon. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Giving Tuesday, we're in a series called Thy Kingdom Come. What is the most important part of any kingdom? Perhaps you haven't thought about this before. Is it the beauty of the royal castle? The loyalty of the subjects? Maybe the royal jewelry or maybe a crown? But as I pondered this question, it dawned on me. I think it is the king or the queen. Without the royal leader on the throne, there would be no kingdom. And where the king or queen goes, the people follow. Today we're going to look at the life of the greatest king to ever rule the people of Israel. Well, the second greatest king. Stay tuned as we look at the life of King David and how he leads us right to Jesus. But first, today is a special day. It's being called Giving Tuesday, and it is a unique day created after the busyness of Black Friday and Cyber Monday to remind people about the good things that nonprofit organizations do around the world. And guess what? Haven Today is one of those nonprofits. In a few months, Haven Ministries will be turning 90 years old. And when we began, way back in 1934, we were a Christ-focused refuge offering hope in a troubled world in the midst of the Great Depression. War was brewing in Europe. And all these years later, we are still a haven of rest from the conflicts and uncertainty of our time. So this Giving Tuesday, we have a $100,000 match in place to encourage friends like you to help this nonprofit ministry that helps bring aid and hope to a weary world. Will you give now to help us start this season of giving strong? Everything you give will be doubled. 50 becomes 100. 1,000 becomes 2,000. Your generous gift today will provide hope through the different outreaches we have, like Haven Today that you're listening to right now, our Anchor Devotional, and our Spanish language programming into Cuba and other places called El Faro de Redención. You can make your Giving Tuesday gift after the program by calling us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now, just before we hear our first song, we still have the Kingdom of God Bible storybooks. One for the Old Testament, one for the New, for your gift to the ministry as well. I'll tell you more about these high-quality books later in the program, 
perfect for Christmas. But now, let's hear another Christmas song. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Featuring Stephen Curtis Chapman, O Come All Ye Faithful, here on a haven today called Thy Kingdom Come. On yesterday's program, we looked at the life of Joshua. He was called to succeed Moses as the leader of Israel. Those were turbulent days. Even after the people of God entered the promised land, there was still chaos. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes, so scripture tells us. Israel demanded a king like the nations, and when God gave them a king named Saul, his rule was a disappointment, to say the least. But then David came on the scene, and there was something different about him. He was a man after God's own heart, and God blessed him and anointed him to be the king after Saul, God's 
hand over David led Israel to many military victories, and David was finally able to rest after several hundred years of uncertainty. It's in this time of tranquility that we learn more about the kingdom of God, and yes, we even get a hint of the Christmas story. Second Samuel 7 verse 1 tells us, After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Well, when David had time to reflect on the state of his kingdom, he realized something was lacking. A royal dwelling place for the Almighty God. It's a good thought to have. Most world rulers have no time to think about the living and true God. They're concerned about their own power, their own influence, their own possessions that they think they've acquired. But not David. He wanted to build the Lord a house to replace the humble tent he was dwelling in since the days Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. David had good intentions, but the Lord was not offended by having a tent as his dwelling. And do you know why? Because God inhabits everything. His presence was with Israel, and it certainly reaches the limits of the universe, which are unlimited. You see, God doesn't need a house. God's tent was for Israel's benefit, not because he needed a place to sleep in. It served as a reminder that the God of Israel was in their midst. And while David wanted to build the Lord a house, we come to find out in 2 Samuel 7:11 that the Lord wanted to build David a house. Listen closely to the word of the Lord. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. What does this passage reveal to us about the kingdom of God? Well, there are three things I think we can learn about. God's promise, God's people, God's presence. What is the promise the Lord made to David? That his kingdom would be established forever. That's every king's dream. 
You may know of some of the despicable things other kings have done in order to establish an unending kingdom. But those nations came and went. The Lord has promised that this kingdom would never end. And Hebrews 11.28 confirms it in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven cannot be shaken. We also learn about God's people because the kingdom of God will continue with David's line. One of David's seed will reign over the people of God forever. Does this remind you of another covenant? Perhaps the covenant with Abraham? Finally, we also learn of God's presence. The Lord telling David, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Even if David sinned, and he did sin, even if David's sons sinned, and they certainly did, God would be faithful to his covenant people, even when they were unfaithful to him. And this is where the gospel begins to shine. David was a great king, but he was not the king Israel needed. David's sons that followed were a mix of good and bad, and and they were certainly not the kings Israel needed. But in the fullness of time, there would come a son of David to rule over Israel. He wasn't the king they deserved, but he was the king the people of God needed. Jesus, the son of David, he is the greater king, the one we all need. Tyler Van Haltren tells us about this king as we find him in the Psalms that David wrote. But even David, the king after God's own heart, could be poisoned by the serpent's lies. Even though God gave David this great promise, David committed a terrible sin against God. Nathan told David, God says, I made you king over Israel and gave you these great promises. Why have you despised my word and done what is evil in my sight? Now your family will always be at war. David confessed, It's true, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan told David, The Lord has forgiven your sin. You will not die. God, in his great grace, would still keep his covenant promise to David. God would build his kingdom through David's offspring. After this happened, David wrote a psalm to God. He sang these words, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Wash me from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David was the king after God's own heart, but David knew his heart was still stained by sin. He knew he needed God's forgiveness, so he called out, Create in me a clean heart! David wrote many other psalms to God. He wrote about how God was his refuge and fortress, and how God was like a shepherd leading him. Some of the psalms David wrote were about the promised king. David sang about how this king would reign over all the nations of the earth and would conquer all evil. He knew this king would be the one to fulfill all of God's covenant promises. But who could do all this when so many had failed already? This king would be no ordinary king. This king would be God's son. He would be David's Lord. He would be a refuge for God's people, saving them from death. He would be the good shepherd, leading God's people into God's eternal kingdom. David was a good king, but Israel needed a greater king. The promised Savior would come from David's line and would truly be a man after God's heart. His heart would be clean, and he would cleanse the hearts of his people. Tyler Van Haltren, reading from his Kingdom of God Bible storybook here in A Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Well, let me just say, Christmas is fast approaching, and the season has finally arrived. 
It's so easy to get distracted with gifts, good food, time with loved ones even, although that's also important. But don't forget why we celebrate this holiday. Christmas marks the day the Son of David came into the world. It is the coming of the promised Son that the Lord spoke about in Second Samuel 7. That king greater than David, that king who never sinned, that king who followed his father's will even to the point of death, the king who changes our hearts, and I'm speaking of King Jesus. If you don't know who this son of David is, let me encourage you, get to know him. Read God's word and learn about this great and awesome Savior, and my prayer is that as you see Jesus in all his glory, you will cry out to him as others have before and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Why don't we take a moment and pray right now? Would you join me? Whether you can literally or figuratively, would you bow your head? Lord Jesus, we call on you as our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the King who came to this planet Earth to deliver us from our sins, sent from heaven above, sent by our Heavenly Father. And Lord, I just would ask that Christmas would be special to us all this year, that we would see how this thread of the kingdom begins early on in your word and continues on to the very end. And Lord, as we celebrate the coming, the birth of the Christ child, may we also anticipate the return, the coming again, the leading us home to be safely in the arms of our Savior. And Lord, for anyone listening today who does not yet know Christ as Savior, I pray that this would be the year that this person who's listening to my voice pray right now would get on their knees and confess their sins, make their way to the cross, not just the manger, and to claim this great story and power of redemption in their lives until Christ calls us all home. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. See him lying 
featured soloist David Meese singing with the group First Call. He even wrote that song here on this haven today, Thy Kingdom Come, a song called One Small Child. Well, I mentioned this earlier, but no doubt you've heard from other ministries that you support that this is Giving Tuesday. It is a significant day this year for Haven Ministries. Let me get to the point. Our giving was down this summer. And it's been significantly less so far this fall. And we need to make this up leading into the year end to help us keep sharing King Jesus. Not just with you, but with so many others, including people who don't know Christ as their Savior. So, would you take a moment and pray whether the Lord wants you to help this Giving Tuesday and kick off our year end drive leading to December 31st? Just give as the Lord leads you to give, but do it for the sake of your Savior. Here's our web address, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. At the very top of our homepage, there is a blue bar that you can tap and safely make your gift. And remember, we have a match going so that your gift will actually be doubled. Or you can certainly call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800 65 Haven. Well, with Christmas coming soon, a moment ago, we heard Tyler Van Haltren. He's the author of the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set. And he shared with us from his epic series on the program. And recently, I asked Tyler to explain how his storybook Bible points us to the Christmas story, even in the Old Testament. The Old Testament volume is is 400 pages, so it was quite uh, a journey through Scripture. But then when we get to the New Testament, I was thinking, how can I transition this really well? And then I looked at the Gospels and said, they've, they've done all the work for me. Here comes, <laughs> here's Jesus Christ, the son of Adam, the son of David, the seed from Abraham. And he ties the, the genealogy, just leads right into who, the, who is Jesus? He's the promised king. He was the king who everyone has been longing for through all the the long Old Testament, through their wilderness years, through their exile. This is the one they've been longing for. And so I bridged that gap by taking some some little images from the Old Testament of of this one who would promise one who would crush the serpent, the promised child from Abraham, and pointing it right to Jesus. That's the author of the new Kingdom of God Bible storybooks that we have for your minimum gift to the ministry. He's a father of four, and Tyler wants to help children, yes, even big children like you and me, to understand the big picture of the Bible and to fall in love with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this Christmas. 
From the Old into the New Testaments, the Kingdom of God storybooks are faithful to Scripture. They're also Christ-centered, and they're even easy to understand. The book for the Old Testament, as well as the book for the New Testament, featuring vivid illustrations, and each chapter includes summary points and questions to help start conversations in your home or the homes of others. I want to send you this two-volume, well-bound, hardback set that comes in a special, attractive slipcase for your minimum gift to Haven Today. This set will last for years and years. It'll look nice on the shelf. It'll be better if you actually read it. More importantly, the truths in them are eternal. So please visit our website and take a look at samples we have from the books. You can give and order them there at haventoday.org. Or call us, if that's easier, at 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want the New Testament volume of the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook, we have that for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me on this Giving Tuesday. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus at Christmas time here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. During the Christmas season, I think it's good for us to pause for a moment from all the busyness to reflect on Christ's coming. About 700 years before, the prophet Isaiah spoke of that day. He knew that when the Messiah came, everything would change. In Isaiah 9-6, we read, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. In this promise, we realize that hope will come in the form of a child. But this humble child will have the government on his shoulders. That means all the authority on him. How does Christ attain this authority? Through his humility, death on a cross. He conquered sin by dying. That's true humility. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.